So I ended up taking out this question altogether because it was not helping me. It was keeping me comfortable. It was keeping me safe. And the way that I was wanting to grow my life, I was not wanting to stay safe anymore. It was not helping me. And it it really created a lot of joy in the end. Welcome to the Life Coach Baker podcast. I'm Nicole Baker, life coach for perfectionists who want to set goals and actually follow through with them. I went to my first personal development seminar at the age of one. Yes, I was quite literally born into this industry. But by 15, I started to implement this mindset mumbo jumbo I'd heard so much about and it worked. As a recovering perfectionist myself, I've been able to set goals that are way out of my comfort zone and achieve them by doing things imperfectly, without self-judgment, and without the fear of their opinions. And now I help others to do the same. So if you are capital D done feeling like a hostage to this a-hole called perfectionism, then this show is for you. My goal is for you to leave each episode with tactical action steps that you can start to implement in your life Now, I may be in my 20s. I may have the voice of a sassier Cinderella, but I've been doing this personal development-ish since I was a toddler. So let's dive in. What is up, my sweet friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Life Coach Baker podcast. Here we are. It is 2022. I'm not going to lie. I'm recording this on December 30th. 2021. So we're just going to pretend like the ball's already dropped. We've already celebrated. We kissed our loved ones or complete strangers at midnight on the 1st of January. We're going to just pretend like all of that has already happened. I wanted to kick off the new year on this podcast with pulling back the curtain a little bit. Last week, we talked about a big end of the year exercise, which if you have not gotten your hands on the 2020 vision, it is totally free. We do a full audio training last week, and then you also get an accompanying workbook. If you click the link in the show notes, it is also at lifecoachbaker.com forward slash new year. But the main premise of this exercise is to look back on your year, look at the moments that you maybe forgot were really high or even medium highs and you forgot to celebrate or you haven't celebrated in a while or you just want to celebrate again and look at those moments a little bit more carefully. Um, Something I realized as I was doing this exercise because I recorded the episode a few weeks before I fully sat down and did the exercise. It's actually been about a month since I recorded a podcast episode and let me tell you, I missed you guys. Um, But I, I, I started sitting down to do this this exercise and I was looking through my calendar and I was looking through my photos and I was like, oh my God, I forgot half of this stuff. I forgot half of these things that happened. And some of them, I was so in the zone when they happened that I didn't really celebrate them or worse. And this is a perfectionist pattern that I see a lot in my clients and sometimes will creep and rear its ugly head with me, I I noticed that I was diminishing those celebrations in the moment. I was saying, well, they're not that big of a deal or my personal favorite. I didn't burn out in order to make this happen. Therefore, it doesn't deserve a celebration. Oh, Lord, we... We need a lot of stuff to figure that one out. But that was a big belief of mine for a long time until finally I just like looked back at my my year when I was doing this exercise and I was like, wow, there is so much that I didn't celebrate or I didn't take the time to really feel proud of. And so I did. And it was it was a really, really beautiful experience. And I hope that you guys took some time to at least do that question on the worksheet because Really and truly, that is that is a powerful one. Then we also talked about what are some lessons that we learned from this year from more of like a 30,000 foot view, right? When we're so far removed from like those hardships or the failures, quote unquote, it's a lot easier to look at how it affected the grand scheme of things. For instance, a lot of failures that I had, I'm going to, and I don't really use the, fail, the word failure anymore because I don't believe in it, to be honest, but 
Um, I'm going to use it just for continuity's sake. Uh, a lot of the failures that I had this past year actually ended up teaching me really valuable lessons in my business, in my personal life. Um, and, you know, like there are some things that are going on personally right now in my life, which I'm going to talk about in a few minutes. Um, not in full detail. I'm not quite ready for that, but um, that maybe I don't see, to be honest, I don't see the lessons from them yet. And I don't see how it's going to affect me in the long run. But the biggest difference here is, is rather than like saying, woe is me, life is so hard. I'm saying, you know, well, yesterday I was like that, but today it's a lot more of like, okay, I'm releasing, I'm trusting. I know that this is destined for a bigger meaning. And it's, it's hard to make that choice. And it's hard to make that reframe in decisions of really hard moments. And like I said, yesterday, I did not make that decision. Yesterday, I fucking wallowed <laughs> and we're just gonna, oh, it was, it was a day, but I'll, and again, I'll get into that more in a second, but we talk about in question number two, we talk about this idea that things always turn out for a greater meaning, whether it's, you learn a really valuable lesson or you learn that, oh, if that quote unquote failure hadn't happened, I would never, never have done this, or I never would have made this change, or I never would have met this person. And it really does show that there is so much bigger, there's such a much bigger web being woven for us at any given moment. So just that little reminder through doing that question is, is really powerful, not only for yourself and your state, but for your brain to look at that and say, oh, wow, that had this impact or whatever, because going into 2022, there's going to be moments that suck. I just, I'm not going to even sugarcoat it. I'm not going to say that 2022 is going to be all butterflies and rainbows. There's going to be moments that are going to be hard. But if you open up this neural pathway that says like, okay, well, when hard things happen or when failures, perceived failures occur, actually it is in line with a bigger meaning or there's a lesson to be learned from it. It doesn't matter if you learn the lesson right away or if you learn it six months later. That trust that release of pressure for yourself is so freeing, so freeing. And again, it does not need to happen right away. Sometimes you give yourself 24 hours, 48 hours to just throw a big fat party, pity party. And that's okay. But just so you know, if you change it eventually, if you have that switch in like that amount of time or even a little bit more or even a little bit less, it totally depends. Personal development is totally personal. But if you have that reframe of like, okay, you know what? I've had my time to wallow. You know what? Maybe this actually has a greater meaning. And I trust that this has a greater meaning. It actually really impacts your life in a very positive way. Moving on. We also talked about question number three, which is what do you need to let go of in 2022? This is basically what we're devoting the entire flipping podcast to today, because I was going to talk about what were some things that I'm adding into my 2022 that are helping me with my goals, that are helping me with my personal mental health and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I think we're adding so much into our lives right now. There's so much addition that I've talked to a lot of my clients and a lot of people in this community and even looking inward at myself in the mirror, there's some exhaustion. There's a lot of exhaustion going down. And you know what? Sometimes we don't need to add more to feel better. In fact, sometimes it's the exact opposite. Sometimes we need to take away to feel better. There's this like presupposition that if you're sad or if life isn't going the exact way that you want it to, you need to do something different by adding something extra into your life. Like you hear a bunch of, and you see it on social media all the time. While you're sad, start meditating. You're sad, start um, journaling, exercise, uh, you know, like all the, all the classics that we all know and most of us do or do a cocktail or a very small cocktail of. But here's the deal. If there's stuff that is in your life currently that is not serving you, adding more is not going to make it easier. Sure, it could distract you. And sure, eventually it could make that stuff go away. But taking it away from the get-go 
or at least intentionally becoming aware of it, is actually really powerful. So I changed my mind. I decided to instead look at my additions into 2022. I decided to say, you know what? I want to devote an entire episode to that third question on the 2022 vision. What am I leaving behind in 2021? And what am I how is it going to benefit me in the future? So I'm going to actually do this into two parts because I think that I've done this exercise multiple times. If you guys listened to last week's episode, I've been doing this exercise for many, many years. And I, I decided to chunk this into two different parts because I wanted to share what I'm currently letting go of. What are the things that I'm letting go of for 2022? And then what are some things that have really impacted me positively in the past that were some previous year's version of this question? What am I letting go of in the new year? And um, I know a lot of people who listen to this are perfectionists or recovering perfectionists or people who have perfectionistic tendencies. And I think it's also really important for us to listen to people who have done similar things or who have released certain patterns that sometimes we're not even aware of how impactful they are on our lives. But before we dive into my big, big learning lessons, let's do some quick segments. So every single podcast episode, we do two different segments. One, how did I get in my own way this week? And two, what is a goal that we can celebrate? Because first and foremost, I don't believe that anyone's perfect. I am so annoyed (laughs) with seeing just perfect people over perfect people over perfect people on social media, on podcasting, on stage, and just like how it's like, I started working and then I went full-time in my business, or I uh, changed my mindset and I made $20,000. It's like, you know what? No. Like, there's so much gray area in there, and I like to highlight it every single week because you get permission to not be perfect as well, my sweet friends. And then also a goal to celebrate because, like I said earlier, we are so bad at celebrating ourselves. We're so bad at looking backwards and saying, oh, wow, that was a really cool moment. Or, oh, wow, like I, even though I didn't burn myself out, I totally deserve to celebrate this. And so we celebrate every single week. I don't say this every week, but I really want to highlight it this week. I want you to think about your answer to these two questions too. What is a way that you were imperfect or you got in your own way? And what is a goal that you have done that you can celebrate? It can be little, it can be big. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, Mine is not a traditional, heavy air quotes, goal that you would expect. And in fact, my how I got my own way or how I was imperfect this week, I'm going to actually change it to that this week. How I was imperfect this week is actually directly linked to my goal that I get to celebrate. And that is for the first time ever in my business, I took a full mental health day, a full day, did not look at emails, did not look at anything, took it off. Because to be honest, life got hard this week. And I'm not quite ready to talk about the ins and outs of it, but um, there's some stuff going on health-wise, there's some stuff going on family-wise, and there's some stuff going on wedding-wise that totally ripped the rug out from under us. And I it just got too much to bear on top of a lot of other stuff that's been going on. And I finally just broke down completely and... Um, I think this is an important reminder that my my new sister-in-law, because she just got engaged, ee, uh, my new sister-in-law just reminded me of, and she said, you know, coaches cry too, and that's okay. And I was like, I needed that reminder. Thank you. Because if you're a coach listening to this, or you're an aspiring coach who listens to this, and you have this presupposition that, oh, well, because I'm a coach, I have to be this inspiration. I have to be this happy-go-lucky person all the time. It's bullshit. It's not real. Coaches cry. Coaches scream. Coaches throw things against the wall. It drives me crazy. That's a whole other podcast. But um, I finally just had hit a breaking point. It was the straw that broke the camel's back and, you know, just got to a point where I like ugly cried like I've never ugly cried before and decided that the next day was not going to be aided by me trying to pretend to push it all away or pretend that everything was fine. So I decided to wipe my calendar I turned off all my alarms. I closed every single app that's associated with my business. And I decided to just have a cold day. And it 
rocked. <laughs> like it was great. I'm so glad I did that. Now, did it cure all my problems? Of fucking course not. But did it make everything seem a lot more manageable? Oh my God. Oh my God. Yes. I literally cannot even stress this enough. And when I was waking up in the morning at like 9.45, which those of you who listen to the podcast, I normally wake up at 5.30. That is a that is a big difference. <laughs> As I was waking up, I made a decision. I was like, this is going to be an imperfect mental health day. And what that did in my head is it took the pressure off that it had to be this like big prolific moments where it's like, okay, I'm going to figure out my whole life. And it's like, you know what? No, what if I just did an imperfect mental health day? I've never done this before like for a full day, I'm going to really just lean into whatever sounds good in the moment. And I did. And it was really, really wonderful. And um, again, did it cure all my problems? No. But like I alluded to earlier in the episode, it made it go from the world feels so heavy and the world feels so dark to this idea of there's a bigger picture here. It was it was the release of needing to be in control into I trust I'm trusting the process. Did that happen at 9:46 in the morning? No, not at all. In fact, I didn't really have that switcheroo until this morning um which is the next day, but it it gave space to let that 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 wallow, let that working through happen. Now, the reason I'm being so, uh, I'm really hammering this in is because to be honest, I used to be someone who was so shove emotions away, who was so keep working, keep going forward, keep pushing forward, go, 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 go. And if you let your emotions take over, it was a sign of weakness. And I'm I'm sad. I'm so sad for that version of myself, but I'm so grateful for her because I'm able to look back on those times and now have such clarity of like, okay, you know what? She was shoving her emotions aside and pretending that everything was fine and that she was a robot. And that's, it's not how life works. And if it weren't for that contrast, I wouldn't be able to now really recognize it within myself and say, okay, am I really honoring my emotions right now? Probably not. The answer might've been no. Tuesday, the answer was definitely no. And I got to make a different decision because I'm so aware of that old pattern. So I I, I bring this up because I know a lot of perfectionists tend to fall into this category where emotions are shoved aside. It's keep working, keep your head down. Um, I should keep going. Um, I need to, I need to be the best. So emotions can't get in the way. That was a big one of mine. And I just want to remind you all that you are a human being We just left one of the busiest, most frantic times of year. And if you're a little extra tired, honor that. That does not mean you're weak. That does not mean you need to push through. Really honor it. Let yourself, give yourself a minute. Like, give yourself that time to really let it flow through you, which I know sounds so like hippy-dippy-woo-woo, but honestly, after yesterday, I'm on that train. It was wonderful. So... I, I I say that it, it was imperfect. That's how I was imperfect this week because that's not something I normally do, but it's something that I'm going into 2022, I'm going to be doing a little bit more of because I see how beneficial it is for not only my overall happiness and joy, but for how I can see it would impact my business, my relationships, my clients, my uh, partner. Like, I mean... There's such a big trickle effect, and it really goes back to this idea of if you're pouring from an empty cup, it's it's bad news bears. Like it just you know, and I know there's a much more eloquent way of saying that. And to be honest, I don't feel like finding it right now. It is bad news bears if you pour from an empty cup. Give yourself the grace of taking a day, a half day, two days. Again, personal development is personal to fill your freaking cup. I'll go ahead and share with you. What are some things that I did on my mental health day? I played video games and a lot of them. (laughs) Zelda Breath of the Wild is probably my favorite game on the face of the planet. And a year ago, even six months ago, or even honestly like two months ago, if I were to take a mental health day, I would think that I would need to go on a walk and be in nature or um, watch videos on personal development or on the mind or read all day. And it's like, I needed to spend it um, 
feeding my mind. And I was like, you know what? No, I'm not going to do that. My mind's tired and I need to do things that are not exhausting it. And that happened to look like video games. And it was great. I also painted and listened to Harry Potter. It was honestly beautiful. So again, if you are in a state where, you know what, it is just time for a mental health day, I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys point blank, honestly, I wish I had not waited until things got so bad where I needed to take a mental health day. I really do wish that it was a little bit prior. So I'm giving you all the permission that you do not need to wait until the straw that breaks the camel's back to take a, to take a day, a half day, a full day, two days, whatever it is. Okay, stepping off my high horse. Let's get into the meat of the episode where we're going to be talking about five things we're saying. Kick the curb, sayonara, goodbye, good riddance to in 2022. I'm going to actually start with the letting go ofs of New Year's pasts, if you will. And again, I'm sharing these because I think there's such strength in learning from other people's moments of prolific epiphanies. And each of these gave me a moment of breath, a moment of relaxing, a moment of stepping into who I want to be even more. And I think that each of them are really powerful lessons for perfectionists to learn. Now, does this mean I do these perfectly every single day of the week? Absolutely not. There are some times where these like crawl in or these tend to like rear their ugly head. But again, like I was saying earlier, I'm so aware of them now because I've done so much work on them, like making a big decision to cut them out in the new year. That has trained my brain to look out for whenever that feeling flares up. It's trained my brain to look out for that feeling and say, whoa, 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 this is something we decided not to do. Let's check on this. Why is this coming up? What can we do to move through it? And I think there's just so much power in learning from what other people have have cut out, quite frankly, and what's worked. Does this mean you need to cut out all, uh, I think, 10 of the things that I'm about to say? Absolutely not. Find the one that works for you or the one that speaks for you, or if it ignites creativity for something that's more personal for you, fucking run with it. I love it. My biggest thing with this episode is I just want you to walk away saying, you know what? Next year, I don't need that shit anymore. And I hope that these at least spark some inspiration for that. So things that I've done in the past that have greatly impacted me. Number one, I've totally eliminated the word should from my vocabulary. I should do this. I should do that. I feel like I should be doing more of this. Um, I could go on and on and on. Um, Personal development speakers have now called this shooting all over yourself. And I think that's freaking hilarious. But it's so true. We get caught up and we get so stressed out by the word should. I should be posting more on social media if I have a business and I want to grow it. To be honest, it, it drives me freaking crazy because for so long, I made my shoulds my standard. And if you make your shoulds your standard, that is just like such a high expectation to put on yourself that it's exhausting to try to keep up with. And you're going to only look at the things that you're not achieving because it's impossible to do it all. And I finally just realized how much anxiety and and stress this one word was causing me. And I was like, okay, what if I just cut it out of my vocabulary? And I did. And it was awesome. And I highly recommend that if you feel overruled by your shoulds, challenge them. Do I actually need to do this? Or is this just some kind of societal pressure or some kind of limiting belief pressure or some kind of story that I'm making up in my head that I need to do this thing? Do I actually need to? I'm going to go ahead and say spoiler alert for those of you who are business owners who feel like I should be posting on social media more. You do not. Contact me for a discovery call and we can talk about why. But there's so much should in the world from everyone. And especially, um, I'm going to blame the 30 under 30 list, or I saw an 18 under 18 list the other day, and I wanted to die. 
there's so much like, okay, well, that's what these people have done. So that's the new standard. And then we feel like we need to play catch up. And that's just not the case. So taking the word should out of your vocabulary really diminishes that pressure for yourself. Number two, equally as important as taking out the word should, I took out the what ifs. This is one that likes to rear its ugly head as often as possible. But again, I'm so aware of it that I'm able to really catch it. What ifs include, what if I fail? What if they don't show up? What if um, I don't make the amount of money I want to? What if I get laughed at? What if, what if, what if, what if? It's an anxiety-inducing question, basically, because it's challenging or it's predicting the future in a negative outcome, right? And I got so overwhelmed by these questions. What if, what if, what if, what if? Now, I do think that there's one big exception, and that is what if everything works out? That's a great question. And again, our brains are programmed. We talk about this all the time on the podcast. Our brains are programmed to answer questions. If I asked you what color is the sky, your brain is going to immediately think blue. If I ask you what's the what's your middle name, your brain's going to come up with your middle name. It loves to be a perfect little A plus student. That also includes answering questions that are either totally unrealistic or where you have to make up shit in order to answer the question, quote unquote, correctly. For example, what if I fail? Then your brain likes to spiral down. Well, um, I'm going to get disowned from my family or, well, I'm going to get ostracized from society. Everyone's going to laugh at me. No one's going to love me, blah, 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 blah. And of course, it induces so much fear in us that our brains like to stay safe. If we induce some, if we ask a question that induces fear, we are going to immediately go to something that is comfortable. That is how your brain is programmed. Do not try to fight it because literally it is, it is programmed that way. If you were standing in a field and a saber-toothed tiger comes up to you, your survival is threatened. Your brain now views the what-if questions or the answers to the what-if questions as your saber-toothed tiger standing in front of you. Your brain's going to run to something that's comfortable that does not threaten your survival. So I ended up taking out this question altogether because... It was not helping me. It was keeping me comfortable. It was keeping me safe. And the way that I was wanting to grow my life, I was not wanting to stay safe anymore. It was not helping me. And it, it really created a lot of joy in the end. Um, number three. Oh, this is my favorite. The inability to tolerate uncertainty. I let that shit go. Mostly, <laughs> but I I think that this one's really important for perfectionists. In fact, I'm reading a book right now called Overcoming Perfectionism, which is just like their first half is all about like, what is perfectionism? And I'm just, I'm reading it to get really, really clear because the more and more I teach this, the more and more I want to I- explain this in words that are so clear, so um, concise, and that people can really understand that that impacts them. And the more I read about it, the more I'm able to do that. It's really, really awesome. And it's also a fantastic book. Highly recommend it. Overcoming Perfectionism. It's like a big pink cover. Um, it's great. But in the book Overcoming Perfectionism, one of the chapters, they talk about this idea of the inability to tolerate uncertainty and how that really links with this perfectionism tendency. A lot of perfectionists tend to cling to control. And when we're not in control, aka when life is uncertain, it freaks them out and it makes them either sink their talons in more, sink in that more of control, which can cause a lot more burnout, stress, anxiety, um, hopelessness eventually can come up to that. Like there's so many negatives that can come out of it. And I realized that I was really diving into this idea that I can't live into uncertainty. Now, business owners, can you have a life without uncertainty? I'm going to go, spoiler alert, no, you cannot. Your your whole career tends to live into that uncertainty. Do you find certainty within it? 
absolutely. But there was this inability to tolerate uncertainty that was causing me so much stress and anxiety and needing to be in control that it was just, it was not helping me anymore. And so it was more like releasing the control, releasing the talents that I needed to have in everything. And it gave me a lot more freedom and fun. That sounds really cheesy, but I I guarantee you that if you are stressed out or if you feel like you always need to be in control, if you release those talents, if you release that need to constantly be in, I am in control, I am in the certainty box, it, it gives you so much more freedom and joy and fun and play. And it it allows you to take life less seriously. It's honestly, this is probably one of my favorite lessons I've ever learned in my life. New Year's resolutions are here. Now, whether that fills you with excitement or total dread, did you know that 90% of New Year's resolutions fail by February? February! And that percentage only gets higher for perfectionists. You know, because all of that, all or nothing, not being productive equals I'm lazy, high expectations crap that you're so used to. Now, if you listen to this podcast, I know you're reaching for more, more goals, more stepping into your own power, more fuck yes, I'm awesome moments in your life, and of course, less perfectionism. That's why this New Year's, I don't want you to fall prey to the resolution doom. In Goal Smasher, my goal setting course specifically made for perfectionists, hi, that's you, you'll learn exactly how to clarify those big, bad, beautiful, high expectation goals that you have. You'll learn exactly how to start pursuing them without burnout, overwhelm, or procrastination. Plus, you'll learn the personal development secret sauce that turns I don't wanna into I can and I will, creating consistent motivation for yourself. P.S. This is the biggest reason why New Year's resolutions fail, and we have an entire module devoted to it. You can literally start the first lesson of Goal Smasher today. Literally, you can start diving into it right after you listen to this episode. Get your hands on Goal Smasher by going to lifecoachbaker.com forward slash Goal Smasher or by clicking the link in the show notes. Now, back to the episode. Number four, the need to be on all the time. I see this a lot with perfectionists who tend to be in more like public uh, eyes. So I see this a lot with performers or business owners or creatives who tend to feel like they need to be on all the time, which is exhausting. I, I experienced this not only when I was a musical theater actress, when I was trying to build up a career in Chicago, I felt like I needed to constantly be on. I constantly needed to be networking. I constantly needed to be making content on social media or um, at auditions. Or if I was at auditions for literally 12 hours waiting in line, I had to be on the whole time. And it was so draining. Now, switching it to it as a business owner, I felt like I needed to be on or accessible all the time. And that was equally as exhausting. That was just not going to happen. So I gave myself this big permission slip to not have to be on all the time. See, yesterday, my big mental health day, I played video games all day. I did not once turn on. And it was really freeing. And giving myself this permission to not have to be on all the time, or um, I see this also, the the words, be the best, not have to be the best that day, or honestly, any day, because that's a lot of pressure. It's it's really helpful. So that's a big one I see. And then last but not least, on my previous years of leaving behind, is not asking for help and this need to do it all. I cannot even begin to proclaim how impactful this lesson has been on my life. It has literally in every single sense of the word changed my life. It's changed my entire trajectory because when I stopped feeling like I needed to do it all myself and that for whatever reason gave me a big gold star, which was exhausting. When I stopped that and I decided, you know what, like Someone out there knows more than me. I can get their information and not have to learn it all myself, which takes for fucking ever. It 
made me go full-time in my business. Actually, if you have not listened to, I was actually recently on the Aficionado podcast with Delaney Fisher. We talk all about this, this topic, and it's really geared towards perfectionists with um, businesses or who are wanting to be business owners or side hustlers. Like really and truly, this, this is my biggest learning lesson. And we do a whole interview devoted to it. And I highly recommend you check it out. Again, Eficionado by Delaney Fisher. If you just type in Delaney Fisher into podcasts, it'll be right there. But when I learned that I did not need to do everything on my own and I was allowed to ask for help and that would not only give me this like immediate sense of like, oh, I understand things so much deeper, but it also moved me forward so much faster. So now I do this in a lot of different areas of my life. I do this with personal stuff. I do this with business. I do this with courses. I have heard from a lot of people that when they started Goal Smasher, my goal setting course, they had a very similar experience with this exact thing because they were asking for help when it came to goal setting. They realized that the way that they were going after their goals was not fucking working for them anymore. And they didn't need to do everything themselves or figure it out on their own. And they asked for help by getting this course and now they're freaking crushing it. I'm so proud. So shameless plug, but really important thing because I've seen this work over and over and over again and it's perfect for New Year's resolutions or for New Year's goals. If you go to lifecoachbaker.com forward slash goal smasher, you can learn more about this course. It is short. It is really clear, really specific. There's a big workbook that goes along with it, but it is profoundly life-changing, the stuff that we talk about in this course. But asking for help can be really, really, really impactful because it's taking whoever's teaching you their decades worth of knowledge or years and years and years or hours and hours and hours worth of knowledge and giving it to you in such a quick, condensed fashion that you're, I love this quote, you're able to turn their decades into your days. And I've seen that work personally. I've seen that work with my clients and so on and so forth. So those are the years previous, the the let go ofs of New Year's past, if you will. Let's get into mine for this year. Again, I want you guys to think about if there's one that really is striking a chord for you or that's inspiring something else for you, write it down or make a note of it or do something where it's going to come up for you where you're able to see it often. We are able to think about something and then have it be washed away pretty quickly by our old patterns because those come up more often and more on autopilot. However, if we see something daily, if we think about something daily, it tells our reticular activating system. I said I was not going to mention it in this podcast episode, but I am. It tells our reticular activating system, which is the big filter in our brain that directs what we focus on, basically. It tells our reticular activating system that this is important. I want to focus on this more. So to let things through to your conscious mind that are in alignment with letting this shit go. So it's really, really powerful. Write this stuff down. It's really important. Again, if you have not done the 2022 vision, first of all, it's totally free. What are you waiting for? Link is in the show notes, lifecoachbaker.com forward slash new year. You can get it immediately. It's very impactful. But writing these things down alone can change the trajectory of how you enter a new year. So let's get into the five that I am doing this year. Number one, I am not, I am letting go of this idea that you need to work eight hours a day. I am so grateful that we live in a time where this model has been proven to not work. Oh, I love that we live in this time because that is not how things used to be. It used to be nine to five, nine to five, nine to five. Now here's the issue. There's been a lot of like, well, I'm working, you know, eight to six or nine to six, which that kills me. Um, But my boss can still reach me on Slack at any given moment. That goes back to this idea that we always need to be on or we always need to be accessible or else 
we're not enough or else we will let someone down or we'll disappoint someone or someone will need to get a hold of us when they, uh, when we missed it. Like, oh my God, it, it drives me insane. So I am letting go of this idea that you need to work eight hours a day in order to be a productive societal member. Some days I'm going to work however many hours. Some days it's going to work however many hours. I'm not going to even share numbers with you guys because I want you to think about what this means for yourself. Again, we are so lucky to live in a time where this is being challenged, that this idea that working eight hours a day or more is not actually beneficial. I think I saw a study that was like, you are actually only productive two of those eight hours a day. We've talked about prime hours a lot on this podcast, this idea that um, there's certain hours of the day where you tend to be more focused, you tend to be more on. I am right now recording this episode. It started at 6.40, I'm, it's right now 7.22 a.m. because it's in my prime hours of the day. I'm most focused, I'm most excited, I'm most um, jazzed on life right first thing in the morning. But for some people, it's not that early. Some people, it's 3 p.m. It really depends. But I tend to do my most heavy lifting stuff during those hours, and it cuts my work day in half because I'm able to focus and zero in. By the way, this also includes putting my computer, my phone, my watch on do not disturb, putting away any kind of um, distractions when people know that I'm recording or when I'm coaching, I do, or even when I'm doing like heads down content writing, I do not get disturbed. Like this is, it's just, cause it takes you, get this, it takes you 20 minutes on average to get back into a flow state if you even open up a new tab on your computer. So let's say for instance, you're working on a big project proposal for work and you get distracted and you go onto Facebook. It takes you on average 20 minutes to get back into a state of focus and flow to get back on that project. So I cut out the Facebook tab. I cut out anything that I can to keep me in focus mode for those hours so that I get the big stuff done in a shorter amount of time. And it's not like I'm on a rocket ship where I'm like, I gotta go, gotta go. No, it's like such a state of flow and it feels so good. So that's number one. Number two, I'm letting go of only looking forward. I've devoted an entire year of a segment in the podcast to this topic, and it is still something I am working on. So there's a big permission slip for you to give yourself a big permission slip to not be perfect. This idea that you only are allowed to look forward or whenever you accomplish something, it's not that big of a deal because you still have so much else to do. This idea is not doing anyone any favors. And here's the biggest myth around it that I believed for so long that if I look backwards, I'm going to start accomplishing less. Ugh, God, it's not true. It's so not true. Because in fact, if you start feeling better about yourself, if you start feeling like, wow, I'm really cool, that sense of achievement, that sense of pride, if you start feeling that more, It is going to impact your motivation, your energy, your mental clarity in such a powerful way that you're actually going to start doing a lot less of the feeling like you need to do it all and a lot more of the stuff that really moves you forward. So you actually accomplish more when you start looking backward and really feeling good about yourself. Go fucking figure, right? So that's a big one that I'm, again, still learning. It is a forever lesson for us perfectionists because if you are looking forwards and only saying, okay, I still have this to do, I still have this to do, I still have this to do, it's exhausting. And you're always putting this subconscious thought into your head of, I'm not enough. I'm not enough yet. I'm not enough yet. I'm not enough yet. And that is doing no one, again, any favors. So some ways that I combat this, because this is a really important one, is every night before going to bed, I write down three to four things that I did that day. And it's pretty helpful. It's really helpful because it reminds me, wow, I started this day with no podcast episode and I finished this day with a podcast episode. That's moving forward. And I get to celebrate those teeny tiny little things that actually move you really, really far in the long run. Number three not talking to other people. I'm letting this shit go. 
Now, here's what I mean by this. There's a difference between this and asking for help in my mind because I'm killer at asking for help. But when it comes to releasing emotion and talking vulnerably with someone, I'm not going to lie. That's not my strong suit. It's not something I do very well yet. So that is something I'm highly, highly, highly considering and changing going into this new year is allowing myself the grace to open up and to talk about things more with people without feeling like I need to come up with solutions by the end of the conversation. That is a big one, my sweet friends. Talking about things, emotionally processing, especially for you recovering perfectionists, perfectionist tendency people who don't allow yourself to feel emotion or think that if you feel emotion or if you complain or if you're um, giving space to feel bad for a second, that that makes you weak. This is a really powerful one. And I've started doing this a little bit more. And to be honest, it's so freeing. It's such a good feeling that I never thought I would feel. And it's making me, this is the cool thing that I did not expect. It's making me a better communicator already. And that is a a really important thing in my life. Literally my, my fiance and I, from the get go of our conversation, our highest value has been communication. And when I started not opening up and talking to him about the problems or what was going on in my life, it's when stuff started feeling really, really heavy. So this is a, this is a vulnerable one and it's not going to lie. I'm, I'm a little scared to share this on the podcast, but I think it's important for everyone to hear that you're allowed to just open up and talk to someone without feeling like you need to come up with a solution by the end of the conversation. So that's a big one. Number four, second to last, we're almost there. Stress, letting go of stress. Now here's what I mean by this. There's always going to be stress in our lives. There's always going to be external factors that we are so not even close to being in control of that are going to spike up our stress, our problem-solving muscle, if you will. But here's the one I'm letting go of. That self-induced stress that is doing no one any favors. And in fact, it's sucking all the fun out of life. That's the kind of stress I'm talking about. This one's been a, a really good decline through the year, but it's had some spikes up and down the past few months that I was like, you know what? This is, okay, this is something I have not fully kicked to the curb yet. This is probably one of the highest ones on my list because I think that when we get rid of stress and we allow more time to for fun and play and that freedom and fulfillment, shock of shocks, life gets more fun, which a lot of us want in the long run. But so many people cling to this need to be in control and that sucks all the fun out of it because they feel like if they release control, they release that hold they have on their life. It's so not the case. Now, this is a really big topic that honestly we can't cover in a, you know, hour long episode. But this is something if you are dealing with that feeling of constantly needing to be in control, please, I beg of you, seek some help. This is one of those things that asking for help on is so important, whether that's through a therapist, a mentor, a coach. I work with my clients on this all the time. It's so impactful. So if you are experiencing that, I beg of you, please, even just like a 30-minute free consultation, a lot of coaches offer this, a lot of therapists offer this, um, just starting that ball rolling. I really recommend it. Last but not least, my... (laughs) This is probably the one I've fallen, I'm going to say victim to this most this year. Saying yes to too many projects. (laughs) Look, I love saying yes. I love trying new things. I literally at one point this year was doing a um, big interview for Thrive Magazine and Authority, excuse me, Thrive Global and Authority Magazine. I was also in the middle of recording an audiobook. I was also in the middle of creating Goal Smasher. And I was also totally booked out with my clients, my roster. That was dumb. <laughs> like, I'm just gonna totally pull back the curtain. That was dumb. In hindsight, looking back on it, this is one of those lessons that I learned that perceived failures at the time 
gave me such a huge lesson. And that is when I say yes to too many things, I'm actually taking away so much of my own joy that it is just so not even worth it. So saying yes to too many projects is the last thing that I am letting go of for this year um, because it is just not doing me any favors. Now, could I have said you know what? Yes, but not right now to some of those projects. Absolutely. But I think there was this little tiny voice in my head that said, well, if you're going to do them all eventually, you might as well do them all now. And by the way, if you're going to do them all now, you might as well get them all done in a month. Dumb, 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 dumb. Not possible. We're letting that shit go because that did not do any favors to me, my business, my joy, my life, my creative, my um, relationships, everything. So if you are saying yes to too many projects or if you realize that you are in a position where you love saying yes to people, you don't have to say no, but there is this possibility where you can say, you know what? I have so much on my plate. Can we check back in in about a week, a month, two months, etc." There's so much grace in giving yourself that little permission slip. And now, to be honest, might they come back and say, no, we need this done now, so we're going to look for someone else? Yes. But does that mean that 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 suddenly has to be put on your plate? No. Your mental health matters. This is something I think is is coming up so much more this year, and I think that it's going to be a big topic and a big thing for next year, that... People are tired. People are exhausted. People are doing too fucking much. This is not how life is supposed to be. We're not supposed to be running around doing a thousand projects. And that's what makes us worthy. There is such a huge trend coming. I hate saying the word trend because that sounds like social media is controlling it. But I, I say trend in the, in the way of it, it's, it's coming up. And there's a lot of speculation that this is going to be a big topic of 2022 that the age of doing it all and hustle culture is dying. Now, this makes me so happy, (laughs) so incredibly happy because this idea that you have to do it all in order to be a worthy member of society is just not the case anymore. And I'm looking forward to what this conversation will bring in 2022. Now, do I think it's going to be a pretty, pretty rainbow unicorn butthole butterflies? No, absolutely not. It's going to have some rough and ready moments. There are going to be some times where it's not perfect by any means, or there's going to be some people who are pissed off and demand things to be the way they were. And of course, there's going to be those sweet, sweet boomers that say, these kids are just being soft. I want to share a quick little story to anyone who's worried that that might come up. And please feel free to use this. There was a few years ago, there was a study done where they looked at the amount of work businesses and corporates and uh, corporations and uh, employees did in the 1970s. In the 1970s and late 60s and early 80s, Businesses had to transform, add in, or expand a new product to keep customers interested every three to six years. Now, I think the study was done in 2018, 2019, so it's been a few years. It's every six to nine months. Months. Hear that. There is the expectation of getting three to six years worth of work done in six to nine months. Now, I shared this with my boomer family. And my dad said, well, you guys have better technology now. Now, my dad is totally pro doing less and not hustling and all this stuff. But I had to laugh because I said, yes, we do have better technology. So we have a lot of things to do things for us. However, the creativity, the amount of work, and the amount of jobs and companies that are now existing. And by the way, most of those companies are so understaffed that people are doing two or more full-time jobs. The amount of clients and people I've talked to who are working for corporations who have said, I am literally doing at least one and a half times the amount of work that my job title is supposed to do. So keep that in mind. This is not normal. We are doing more work. 
So yes, and by the way, we're also having to be on all the time. When I worked for a tech company, if someone sent me a Slack at 8 p.m. at night, I had to respond. Now, they were really good on preventing burnout and culture and stuff like that, but there was this underlying expectation that you you responded at that hour or any hour of the day. And that was exhausting. And it's not just exhausting for me, it's exhausting for a lot of people right now. So I'm, I'm sharing with you this information because I want you to understand you're not crazy. It's okay to be tired. And especially for my empaths out there, I've talked to a lot of them this week, life feels heavy. There's okay. It's okay that life feels a little heavy right now. This too shall pass. I know it will, but that doesn't mean you need to shove it aside and not honor it. And this is something that I'm really learning and taking into 2022. My sweet friends, that's all she wrote. Again, I want you to think about the ones that I just shared. If there's any that you know you need to let go of in 2022, let go of it. Write it down saying, we are no longer tolerating feeling like we need to work eight hours a day. Boom. You can say we or you can say I. I always say we, but that also makes me sound a little crazy. I like crazy. It's good. But I really recommend writing this down, keeping this somewhere close that you can access this information. Remember, you're reminding your reticular activating system to deem this as highly important because if this is something that's so habitual for you, if you don't constantly consciously remind yourself of this, you're going to go back into that old habit and your brain's not going to even realize that you did it. Your brain is programmed to go onto autopilot and make things easier. If anyone wants a really good book to read, read The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. You will never think of your brain in the same way ever again. It is a fascinating book when it comes to learning about how habits are formed. And I'm not talking about habits like um, brushing your teeth or um, getting up in the morning or working out. I'm talking about everything from like, they did a study where they put rats in a um, uh, little like maze and they had chocolate on one end and like a, a zapper on the other. I'm not saying this is ethical. I do not endorse this, but it's fascinating what they learned from this because the more the rat did the maze to find the chocolate, they actually had it hooked up to so many brain things that they figured out that the rat's brain would literally go to sleep because it knew the maze so well that it could store energy by turning the brain, the brain's high thinking mode off that like needs to make decisions in order like which way to go right or left. It turned it off because it knew the way. This is fascinating stuff. Again, do I endorse sapping rats? Absolutely not. That's not very humane. But the studies that they learned, the, the science that they learned from it was really, really interesting. And I just highly recommend that book. It's very, very good. You guys, that's all she wrote. I love you. Happy New Year. I hope you're having an amazing time. This is a reminder, if you are someone who has big, hairy, scary, audacious goals for this year, or if it's just a goal of, I want to be a happier person, that is a goal, by the way. Yes, it is. I highly recommend grabbing Goal Smasher this season. This course is all about creating clarity, understanding your goal, creating an overwhelm and burnout free plan perfectionists to go after it and also learning the secret to motivation. Motivation is a recipe. It is not you get motivated, you take action, then you get results. It is so not how, that's not how goal setting works. And we debunk this whole, you have to feel motivated in order to feel ready in the course. And we talk about how to ignite your own motivation because it's, it's, there are going to be days that are hard whenever you're goal setting. And I don't like the idea of just relying on self-imposed motivation. You really have to create it within yourself. So you can call it motivation. You can call it discipline. You can call it determination, whatever you want, but it is a secret recipe that I'm really excited to share with you all. And the people who have learned this, it has literally transformed their lives. So if you want to learn more or if you want to grab Goal Smasher while it is still the new year and you want to actually follow through on your New Year's resolution, goodbye to that February slump, if you will. 
go to lifecoachbaker.com forward slash goal smasher. It is all right there for you. Also a reminder, if you are someone who's like, you know what, goal smasher sounds great. I do have goals, but I am someone who needs that high touch accountability. I do have a one-on-one coaching program and I have a few slots available. I am also going to be raising my prices come February, just so you guys know. And if you get in a discovery call before then, I will happily honor my old pricing for you guys. So if you're someone who thinks that, you know what, I do need that extra accountability. I need someone to really personalize everything for me. The one-on-one coaching program is a perfect opportunity and we have a lot of fun. I love my clients. They're freaking rock stars. So if you want to book a free 30-minute discovery call where we talk all about the ins and outs of coaching and we do even some free coaching on that call, you walk away with some next steps no matter who you are, no matter if you say yes or no to the program, um, that is a really powerful thing to do. You can click the link in the show notes to sign up for that free call. Or again, you can go to lifecoachbaker.com and in the top bar, there is a book, a discovery call button. You guys, I love you. I hope you have an amazing new year and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Life Coach Baker podcast. Don't forget to check out Goal Smasher, my step-by-step technique to help you set clear goals, create an overwhelm-free plan, and learn the secret for keeping your motivation consistent and high. Check it out by going to the link in the show notes or by searching lifecoachbaker.com forward slash goal smasher. Also, take a moment to rate the podcast and write a review. It is the best way to get the word out there. Plus, you'll get the chance of having your review read on the show. Until next time, I'll talk to you soon. Bye.